Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game at UT. The Texas Tech kicker did a fake field goal. I mean, you could see in his face that he was going to make the first down. And Tony Brankins, outside linebacker, came across and completely destroyed him. I, I thought he was dead. Everyone thought he was dead. That hit will always be, you know, something I'll never forget for sure. Put yourself in the action with tickets from Ticket City. Visit hook'em.com and click tickets. Longhorns Unfiltered coming to you from a very happy but desolate and bleak stadium. That is Memorial Stadium here in Kansas. Only 15,000 people showed up today. Kirk, I think that might have been a little high. But uh, a lot of more Texas fans, they saw a 24-17 victory uh, over the Kansas Jayhawks. Kirk, Texas is now 9-3, and and they are going to the Big 12 title game. Who'd have thunk it? Especially when back in not Maryland. Me. Not me after Maryland. I'm not sure anybody. I'm not sure Tom Herman expected to be in the championship game after that game. But like when we said, when we asked him how long it had been, he said eons. <laughs> and that right. E was a long E. So, uh, yeah, you know, this is a team. It's very gritty. It does what's necessary. It's not always pretty. In fact, usually it's not pretty. But they've won with offense. The last two games they've kind of won with defense. And, and they have weird – Special teams plays, they melt down every fourth quarter, it seems. But more often than not, they do what they have to do to win. Absolutely. Danny Davis here. You know, Danny, uh, they had a 21-3 lead, or 21-0 lead, yeah. should say, uh, going into the fourth quarter. And it wouldn't be Texas without some crazy fourth quarter theatrics, would it? It wouldn't be. I mean, they, you know, Sam Ellinger, who hadn't thrown a pick in it seemed like 16 years, um, <laughs> throws two, including one that set them up inside the 20 with um, being in the fourth quarter, trying to narrow it down from a 14-point lead to maybe seven. Jeffrey McCulloch makes a great play, yes. comes down, you know, that's still for a field goal, but you're like, okay, that's it. 24-7, it's done. But then, of course, they get a late touchdown. Of course, we're walking down to the field, which seems to happen every single time we leave for the field. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's an onside kick recovered. Right. And here it goes again. And then all of a sudden, there's another score. And it's like, well, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, it's a seven-point game. And uh, we're already, you know, booking our, booking our trip for next week. So Texas holds off again. It seems to be what they do almost every week, even last week against Iowa State, where it was a you know, two-score game. Iowa State you know, had a chance to make it a one-score game late because of a fumble. So this Texas team, it's just what they do. I mean, I don't think uh, – yeah, I think it's silly if you're ever taking uh, more than more than a one score with the points. Uh, I think you're, you're, you're burning, burning money. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing about it is that you're right. This was a signature Texas fourth quarter. But, you know – Tom Herman has talked at length since the day he arrived about two things. Number one is going 1-0, and and number two is finish. And Texas has done exactly that. Uh, at at various points this season, that's why they're nine. That's why they have nine wins. And that's why they are as close to a league title as they've ever been since 2009. And Kirk, you know, this has been a this was almost a total lost decade, right? But now they have a chance to go do something that uh, a lot of people wonder if they could ever do again, quite frankly. And so 
I'll, I'll ask you what we all ask the players. Oklahoma, West Virginia, or does it even matter? Uh, I think if the smart fans, it matters, and I wouldn't want anything to do with Oklahoma, even with their uh, horrendous defense. I mean, you never know. Defenses can get lucky. Balls are stripped and balls are left up in the air and pop up in the air, or somebody like a Jeffrey McCullough can make a great play. So I think from Texas standpoint, they'd rather see West Virginia just because they have the advantage of payback. You know, West Virginia is a more real team, balanced. They don't scare you as much as Oklahoma's offense does. But uh, just the fact that Texas is there, I mean, to go from barely making a bowl game and winning it last year to winning nine, having a Uh chance to go, you know, ten and three, I mean, they're nine points away from being undefeated this year. It doesn't feel that way, does it? But realistically – you know, nine more points. I'm trying. Know. I'm trying to think of something funny to say, but it's <laughs> it's hard because you're absolutely right. You know, it really is. They lose by five in Maryland. Maybe that rain delay messes them up. Their karma. West Virginia. They get the the member of the fake punt. Right. That goes different. They knock. They tackle Will Greer on two point conversion. They're undefeated. I mean, maybe a lot of teams can say that, but I mean, we were at all these games and we knew how close it was. But uh, like I said, it's just a team that impresses me because they do what it takes to win. Danny, you know, uh, Tom Herman has said it again today that this team is overachieving. I don't buy that. I think they are living up to their potential, and they st- I still think they have more room to go. What do you think? Is this team that's an overachieving group? Is it a mix of uh, Herman's coaching and player development? Is it players? What, what do you, where do you look at that? I think it just kind of depends on what we're talking about overachieving-wise. Yes, I mean, talent-wise, this is a team that should be, you know, contending for the Big 12 championship every year. This is a team that should be ranked. This is a, should be a team that, you know, we could be making the argument, hey, you know, maybe they should be undefeated. But there isn't a single person in this press box. Um, there isn't a single person outside that locker room that thought they'd be in this Big 12 championship game this year. This is a team that's picked fourth in preseason. I think most of us had them probably around that fourth spot. And after that Maryland right. loss and the way they played against Tulsa, I mean, we were thinking maybe this is a six-win disaster season. So, I mean, this is a team that if we're going by that, those standards absolutely overachieve. If we're going by their roster, maybe they underachieve. So it's, it's just going to be how we de- how we choose to define overachieving uh, when we answer that question. So maybe the cake was baked. It's just no one knew how to turn the oven on. Maybe that's what it was. It per- Perhaps Charlie did just left it on the window seal for a little bit too, too long. <laughs> I think the knobs the came off on the oven when Charlie was baking it. I'd like to believe that the propane guy shut off the gas, and that's why there was nothing in. The, that's why nothing was working in the oven. That, that's that's sort of what I tend to think. Let's talk about today's game a little bit more specifically. Uh, let's talk about who did not play today. Uh, Gary Johnson, uh, their senior linebacker, was suspended for one game, and Tom talked about it afterwards that it was just a quote one game thing. So we expect to see Gary Johnson uh, in Arlington. Uh, otherwise, uh, the defense played pretty well. Held, held, like I said, did, did not allow a single point through the first three quarters. And then Puka Williams Jr. got loose for a 57-yard touchdown run. Right. He he's pretty good. He's pretty pretty good, exactly. So, but uh, Danny, I want to let's let's talk about McCulloch because I thought his play was a game turner. You spent a lot of time with him, and I'm really curious as to what you thought about it. An excellent tip drill, uh, and then he gets the interception, goes 65 yards the other way. What did you think of that play and what it meant? 
Obviously, it was a good play. He's playing, I guess, out of position because that's where Gary Johnson normally would be. But uh, Jeffrey was playing there today, and you know he talked. And you know, we've heard since Tom got here how important it is for everyone to be able to play different positions. The offensive linemen can all do it. The linebackers can do it. Really, maybe the only people that can't do it, or maybe you don't really want your defensive backs, your safeties going to corner, and so on and so forth. But you know, little Jordan Humphrey had to do it at receiver a couple weeks ago when when Colin Johnson was out. So I mean, even though he's playing out of position, this position he's practicing. Said he played well. It was a little bit of good redemption. He kind of downplayed it after the game, but you know that was his you know spot when Wilger ran in the end zone a couple weeks ago. So it was nice to get nice to see him you know bounce back and get some redemption. And first career interception came at a great time. His family was all here. You got to see him hugging his mom afterwards, who, who was right in the front row. So that was a nice scene too. And you know a, a nice kid and nice story and you know big big time for him to come up with such a big play. Absolutely, absolutely. And Kirkland flip sides to the offense. Uh, everyone wanted to know how Sam Ellinger was going to play with that shoulder injury. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that he looked phenomenal. I mean, because he looked phenomenal against Oklahoma State after mm-hmm. after coming back. But I don't know if he looked off or maybe he was bothered by that. I mean, what what did you think of some of his throws today? I do think he was off. He was overthrowing a lot of people. He overthrew Andrew Beck on that seam route for that would have been a touchdown. The second time he's overthrown Beck on that particular play this season Uh, he looked human which is weird because he's looked so good since the Maryland game for him to have two interceptions in 28 attempts after zero in 308 is just remarkable so you know and Tom said afterward I asked him I said were you ever tempted to go with Shane Bouchelle and he said no he was gonna uh, die or, or ride with Sam Ellinger the other thing I think a big part of it he wasn't looking to run the run the ball. He had only eight carries uh, for runs. Two of those were sacks, and I think a couple more were scrambles. So he really wasn't looking to run as much, and I think that's kind of his trigger point. Mm-hmm. So for him to be Sam Ellinger, he needs to get it, be a little rough-and-tumble guy, get knocked around a little bit, get his adrenaline going. And maybe that had a little something to do with the fact that his throwing game was off too. And they also, Tom talked about how tricky the wind was. Right especially in the first half. So I think it's kind of a combination of all those things in addition to him being maybe a little rusty from his shoulder injury. Because when you asked him, does it hurt? He said, that wasn't that bad. Right. That wasn't like it's perfect. So I think all those elements kind of led to his kind of having an erratic day, at least by his standards. Sure. I mean, the specifics of this game uh, will be lost to history, but all that really matters is that Texas got the win, avenged the ghosts from 2016. Was I the only one who found it uh, just weird being in that room again with with Tom? And, and that, that was the same room where there was no there was no chalk outline, no police tape from, from where Charlie was, but I, I, I found it very weird. Well, to be honest, I almost preferred 2016 because they got in and out a lot quicker than. Uh, than <laughs> That's all Danny cares about. Is how fast they come to post. They were, they were they were celebrating an awful long time, which you know obviously they deserve to as a great accomplishment. But I I had stories right, man. I had to get get in and out. I love it. I love it, Kirk. You weren't here in 2016. No, what did you make of uh, of the electrical closet that is Memorial Stadium <laughs> post game scene? Well, I mean, these were a couple of defining moments. These these Kansas trips. I mean. You know, two years For the ago, program. it cost uh, Charlie Strong his job. And now, two years later, you know, he wins a game to stamp his ticket to a Big 12 championship. The paradox is just so glaring, you know, these two uh, games. And maybe they didn't play that great in either one of them. But, uh, yeah, I think 
anybody that doesn't think Tom Herman is the guy to turn his program around is probably deluding themselves. Because, I mean, for him to win, you know, nine of the last 11 games and be in position to win all 11 has been just remarkable. So, you know, I give Tom Herman his due. And, uh, of course, I am with Danny. He he can come to see us a little bit quicker, you know. Of course, everybody was dancing. We asked Charlie. Everybody Mendo, was dancing. Who, who was dancing? Charlie said he wasn't. We asked him who was. He said everybody else. Everybody was dancing. So Charlie wants to wait and dance in Arlington. Exactly. So, like I said, the specifics of this game uh, will will melt away uh, probably you know by the end of tonight. But the bottom line is Texas captured a twenty four seventeen win that does, as Kirk said, stamps their ticket to Arlington for the Big Twelve championship game. At the time we are recording this, Oklahoma and West Virginia are still probably uh, an hour and a half away from kicking off, so we don't know who they're going to play yet. But you can keep it at at uh, right here with Hookem dot com. We'll have all those details for you along with uh, all of the stories leading up to the game at AT&T Stadium. 11 a.m. kickoff next Saturday at Jerry World. Should be a fun one. For Danny Davis and Kirk Bowles, I'm Brian Davis. We'll talk to you next time.